Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 120. And uh, this week we have two excellent articles that we've uh, gathered. One from the New York Times, which was entitled Long Hours, Low Pay, Loneliness, and a Booming Industry. And one from the Wall Street Journal, written by Patty Davis. Patty Davis has wisdom to share with Alzheimer's caregivers. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, I just want to briefly uh, review what we talked about last time. Uh, we were talking somewhat out of the manual uh, that we created for uh, caregiver training on frontline workers and frontline workers on resiliency and renewal. We were talking about energy, both as caregivers give energy in their care and they take on energy. We talked about um, the way emotions are felt in the body through different sensations and how each person each person has a unique or way of becoming aware of what's going on in their body and the emotions that they're feeling and have taken on. There's a relation between that and the articles that we saw this week. And there's also a relation between some of our um, actual experiences over the, since our last podcast with caregivers on the front lines and how difficult a job it is and what we've, we've been called in to take a look at the situations. And what we see is that the caregivers, um, they burn out. They can only take so much. And uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting job because it should be so high on the levels of, uh, of, of appreciation and inclusion uh, with salary, certainly, and benefits, but also uh, in the medical profession, which it's not. and others are, They're on the low, low level, and it's almost like the people they're taking care of many times, and we know this is true, they can't be cured, they can't be healed, and it's almost like they're, it's a disposable population. That's what Patty Davis was saying in her article, yes, that not only then is the, the person who's being cared for seen as disposable, but the caregiver then is also. Absolutely, and here's the interesting thing. In the next decade, it is con by far the booming industry. There's nothing to compare with the needs and the demands of this industry between now and the next decade how the powerful it is the statistics in that second article were were significant about that i remember they mentioned that some numbers just in the changes in the last several years in terms of caregiver hours and pay well, we'll and about, yes. exploding demand that will happen yes and let me just one paragraph the industry is in the midst of enormous growth by 2030 21% of the American population will be at the retirement age, up from 15% in 2014. And older adults have long been moving away from institutionalized care. And it talks about 76% of those um, ages 50 and older said they prefer to remain in their current residency as the age. Mm -hmm. In 2019, nat this, national spending on home health care and it's got to be much higher than this for all the unreported income, yeah. reached a high of $113.5 billion annually, a 40% increase from 2013. That's just in eight years. That's right. It says the ranks of healthcare aides is expected to grow by more the, than any other job in the next decade. And they also say nearly 20% of caregivers live below the poverty level. That's, that is... Disturbing. Let's put it mildly. It is. And we, you know, we have 
an intimate understanding of caregiving, being involved in it ourselves, and also helping other caregivers, frontline workers, their families. We've, we started with veterans and their families and what those families go through. Then we see the families of firefighters, police. You had, a, you had a, an interview with a police chief here who's a friend of ours, and you heard what those families go through. Firefighters, uh, people that, like us. Mm -hmm. um, we have been intimately involved and it's drawn us even more, you, you know, Patty Davis says, once you've been on the front lines as a caregiver, you will never be the same again. It changes you. It yes. does change you. And, and we it, can attest to that. And it also changes your outlook on life. Mm -hmm. And if your life is less than um, it needs to be, it's an interesting thing because after that, when you're with, in a caregiving situation, it basically strips everything down to the essence of the person you're dealing with. And that also has a great profound effect on the caregivers. She said that about her father, Ronald Reagan, mm -hmm. and it stripped him down to the essence of a kind, uh, gentle man. And I have felt that so strongly in our care for Lynn, is that as time went on, what we saw was just more and more of her essence, of her grace, and her uh, just her character um, just became clearer and clearer. Absolutely. To me, for me, of course, it was a continuity of what I've always known about her, but even so much more intensified. And, uh, you know, to be selfless for her didn't feel like a sacrifice, really. It was like you wanted to do it for her. What we've also found is for people who live like we work like we do and on the front lines, it's an extraordinary reality that a lot of people they don't want to get near it until it's in their face, and it will be in everybody's face. But what really we've seen many times when you're in that reality, and it's so there's a purity of it. There is something so basic for people who are so sick and dying, and you're there, is that you begin to re-examine your own life. And we have seen this so many times. And if your life is less than real and genuine and on the right track, it's an extremely potent confrontive experience. Yes. And it can be very inspiring to look at your life and decide to really make some changes. The problem is not, <laughs> you may feel that way because you're on the front lines, but your partner may not because they're not. And they're way behind. Yeah, but one of the things that really did strike me about Patty Davis's article <coughs> was just what you're saying, that when she decided to go and uh, help care for her father, be involved in his life again after she had been very rebellious, oh, publicly. very, very um, separated from her family, the challenge to her was not an easy one, and one that, like you said, family members can, or loved ones, or or anyone can go, that's going to be too hard for me to do. We've seen that, we've seen that quite And she a bit. took it on, and the way she describes how this went for her is inspiring. It's an inspiring book. I mean, it's called, what is it called again? Uh, oh. Um, I reminded us of a plugger because it just came out this week. It's, it is, let's see, Floating in the Deep End. It's both a memoir and a handbook for Alzheimer's caregivers. Very, and you know something? It's needed. But I think that a lot of the things we've read, even in describing her experience, was she realized with her dad that um, if he had the courage to face this disease the way he was facing it, it made her want to have the courage. If he could do it, 
she was going to do it. She was going to go back and heal some old family wounds. Yes. And, and of her own, too. And this was a girl who was a runner. Now, we've seen many families. Some people are drawn to really helping, and we've seen so many others that run away. Mm -hmm. um, she was a runner. She was a very out front in the right. news runner. And this was a girl, a yes. lady who turned her life around during this time of helping her father, and it's very inspiring. She's also become very much of an inspirational uh, person in, in, in forming support groups for caregivers and hospitals. And, mm -hmm. and her profound wisdom from being, this is something that once you go through it, you can hear the authenticity, yes. the real wisdom that she got. And she, there's certain vignettes that she describes in the groups, and people will come in and they're, they're talking about their partners or their loved ones, and basically they're not there anymore. And her reaction is, they are there. They're not dead, mm -hmm. and they have a soul. And the, you know, and she said it in the way that their hearts beating, they're alive, and it means that you have to learn to relate to them differently. And she says you got to learn to speak, and she says this beautifully. Speak to, their soul. speak to their soul and that's what ignites our soul I mean it's amazing mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's true that's been true for us too. and you know what's really different for a caregiver who does that mm -hmm. they come home or they that's not what goes on in the normal life no that's the extraordinary thing yeah right? and it's really a powerful it is. It, you, you won't settle for anything less anymore no. and yet all of a sudden the people all around you they're not speaking like that and they're not like that um, so it's a, it's a challenging thing to go through. Mm -hmm. Some of the best people we've seen that work in this, and we've had some on our team, where the husband and wife are both caregivers? Yes. Not just with the same people, but they sh the sharing and growth. They know, they can appreciate what each of them are going through. They can, and we've yeah. seen them come in at times uh, when we were helping Lynn, and we have Peter, Maritha, who's from Me Fiji, fabulous woman, yeah, and, and her husband Peter, who used to be a... a a champion. A, um, oh, football. Fiji football. Yeah, what do you call it? Rugby. Rugby. Yeah, big tough guy. Yeah, he yeah. follows them. Really he is an angel. And he know. used to come in and do things to help with Lynn and what we're doing. And he was so at ease. Yes. Just being in natural. Lynn's presence. Very with, natural. Yeah, and they were just a natural couple. I used to laugh at the way they were to each other, but they were just a delight. Yeah. And it's, it's a touching experience to see that versus the discrepancy between the caregiver and their that's unfortunate when that and we've happens. seen too much of that too yeah, yeah. but we've also seen something that we learned about with Lynn and we, you and I read about it and it was called Ars Mariendi do you remember that uh-huh yes it was a middle ages Christian doctrine it was called the art of dying mm -hmm. and it talked about there was a professor of theology at Duke University I forget his name and he wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal and you would expect oh he's a theological intellectual and I read the article, and he wasn't at all. No, because he had been there. He was there, and he was taking care of his dying wife. And this was not an old couple. Mm. And he was talking about this particular philosophy of the Middle Ages. It's a Christian philosophy. It must have been the Catholic Church or whatever. Talked about how the things that aren't, are worldly, that aren't very important, are stripped away. And it brings you to the place of just, just embracing the things that are important in life, and everything else seems irrelevant and it puts things in a very real authentic mm -hmm. perspective and I got to tell you I was going through that with my wife and he spoke the truth when I read about it I was going through the same kinds of things he was going through with his wife and he was a lot younger yeah. but he had a wisdom and an experience and he could write it beautifully we're finding that this experience is so extraordinary and yet here's what's happening 
it's becoming expanded and it's touching more and more lives all the time. That's what that other article That's was talking right. about. I mean, it's an incredibly expanding uh, and booming industry because there's so, the need is growing. Not only are people more people aging, but with the pandemic, there were so many people who did not want their older loved ones in a facility where they might get sick, and so a number of them came home. I think that trend may continue. It is continuing. Um, I could see that, but that, you know what? That also exposed during the pandemic the vulnerability of the caregivers. Yes. How many of them got sick, and we've seen this. Not on our teams, no one got sick, mm -hmm. um, but which is a miracle. Yeah. But we saw plenty. And one of the things is the stress of the work is just it's it's out of the it's so far out of the norm, and if people begin to break down, their health begins to break down. Yes, yes. and there's contact. Mm -hmm. with the people they're helping. Very close contact. Very close. Yeah. So we've read so many heartbreaking stories, and we know it's true, of, heart, of caregivers that haven't made it. Nurses, uh, frontline workers, mm -hmm. they passed away from the virus. Yeah. One of my very beloved friends on the East Coast was a hospice nurse, and she was inoculated. And I saw her, and she got, she got COVID-19, she got the virus. And I saw her, she came to visit us six, uh, six months after she had it, she was not the same person. She it, had the long version. Yeah, she did. And a dedicated woman. Mm -hmm. And she had to retire. Um, fortunately, another friend of mine fell in love with her. They went to kindergarten together. <laughs> and he took care of her. He's a caregiver now. He, well, you know what? And he was before. He was before. He took, to his, took care of his wife, who had an Alzheimer's, who had passed away. Jimmy did this. And then these two hooked up again in a high school reunion. Well, and sort of storybook romance. Right. Things. Six yeah. months later, she got yeah. the virus. But what, what we're seeing is, and she was a strong New Jersey type girl. Yeah. And what we're really seeing is the vulnerability of caregivers. It's amazing. And we know it's true. Um, the stress levels, the physical contact, the demands. And what begins to happen, and these articles talk about it, is particularly those that didn't make it, they give some very some poignant article, examples, yeah. that the caring for those that they're, they're responsible for becomes more important than their own self-care. Yeah, it's so typical for caregivers. And it's easy to understand, yeah. because the people with you, are, are, they're old, they're dying, they're, they're, so it's easy to put yourself aside. So, what a trap. So common. And then what happens is, it gets to them. It catches And up. they break down, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They give some very, very touching examples. The family members mm -hmm. who uh, saw this happen and eventually their loved ones who were caregivers didn't make it, they died. Yeah. Um, these, these things are happening more and more and it's coming into, we feel so committed to what we're talking about more all the time. And when we're brought in on a situation and we I have an office of very smart women, they're great resource people, but would they, they give their time and their energies and their experience to help families and people who are struggling to figure out how to get some caregiving for themselves and their loved ones. Um, but we're called in at times to take a look at very difficult situations. And we've seen one lately. Frankly, the caregiver is ready to leave last. She's committed, wonderful lady. She's an angel. But she is so burned out. And I know she's feeling, we looked at it, very unappreciated and abused. And you know that hurt us because 
what we learned, and particularly working with my wife, who had an incredible appreciation and gratitude to she her last did. breath. She did. But that's not the case many times. That's probably less often than... I think it could be. I mean, we don't have enough experience to say it. But that's it. been our experience. Yeah. But we walked in and took a look at this thing and went, oh my gosh, no wonder she feels bad. She doesn't want to stay. She doesn't feel appreciated. She doesn't feel gratitude. She's being abused. Mm -hmm. And it was heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. And basically, my approach, of course, to people that are doing that is, that's going to stop. Mm -hmm. And you're undermining these people, and they deserve, they deserve the higher salaries, they deserve more acknowledgement and appreciation. Um, if they're on a 24-7 involvement, they're up. People who do that, they don't really sleep. No. And so they're up all during the night, and the, in the past, even if they work a 24-hour shift, they're not paid for the whole thing. They're paid 13 hours over the shift. And they're supposed to, well, you're supposed to sleep eight hours. There it's isn't a caregiver alive, and I will attest no. to this, because I was that. I was the one who took care of my wife. I don't think I slept more than an hour and 15 minutes for six years mm -hmm. at a time, if I did that. And these caregivers, in the article said, we don't, of course we don't. And these people are calling for us, they need round-the-clock care, and we're not even paid for all those hours. Mm -hmm. So you can feel how you begin to break down. I, yeah. You know, I'm like a real soldier about things, and man, I started getting some physical things happening to me in my shocking. In fact, I have a scar on my nose from some of it, from my skin blowing up with some kind of immune problems. And God, my, all my hair fell out. It's growing back, you can tell, but it all fell out. I lost 16 pounds, yeah. and maybe that was some of it good, but I didn't like it. But anyway, it happens from the distress. Yeah. And caregivers need to be acknowledged as being probably on the highest, as Maritha used to say, it's a very high calling. Yeah. And it doesn't, in, in our society and in the world, it's not treated like that. Let's, let's, make, let's make sure we're almost near the end again. This is really like the key thought here that we'd like to leave, uh, one of them anyway, of how valuable caregivers are and how little they're paid, how little they're given respect and, and consideration. How, what else would you like to say kind of to sum up the things we've talked about Well, I today? think some of the very special people that I've met are caregivers. I'll give you a little, a quick one. I was watching The Voice, you know. The yes. One of the best singers <laughs> turned out to be this lady, and she's a caregiver for autistic. You know what came through with her? A great voice. Uh -huh. Her genuineness and her sincerity. <laughs> and she wasn't a performer. She was straight. Uh -huh. And I knew there's, I knew she was a caregiver. She was different. And her, there was a genuine caring and goodness in her. And it did affect her singing. And it turned out she sings to her clients. Sing to the kids? Yes. Yeah. I know. I thought it was very touching. But I think it's it can make you, you can choose, I've seen people not work out like this, you can choose to become a much different and a much better person. And your whole outlook in life will become a whole lot more compassionate and empathetic. And um, you'll be wanting a better quality of life for yourself and your own life too. It's not easy because if your family may not cooperate, but honestly, it's it's right. Mm -hmm. And I, I put a lot of faith and trust in caregivers. We've seen they're not all great. We know that because we've mm -hmm. dealt with so many. Mm -hmm. But I am telling you, the profession is 
the boom industry of the next decade yes. because the, the need for caregivers is growing exponentially yes. and there's not enough caregivers to go around. No, mm -hmm. and uh, changes will need to be made to make the profession more sustainable and to care for the people. And there's no yeah. reason for them to live at a poverty level when they work so hard. No. no. So that's up to us. Anyway, I hope that this podcast gives the message that we care and appreciate so much what caregivers and frontline workers go through. We could never have done this if we haven't been on the front lines ourselves. Yes. And I'm just telling you the truth. So hang in there. You're not alone. If you ever need any support or any help, um, let us know. Get in touch with us. We have materials, training manuals, not just for how to be a caregiver, but how to take care of yourself, how to learn to read your body, how to take care of yourself a lot better so you can prevent burnout. Mm -hmm. So please keep us in mind. Um, we're going to be doing an awful lot of the work dedicated to the caregiver world. And you know, part of this is what we call Lynn's legacy, what we learned from my wife. She's gone now. But she's gone in some ways, but in other ways, her presence is felt very strongly by all of us. Absolutely. And you can get in touch with us uh, at either Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com or 707-781-3335. And we'll have information or resources for you that Peter just mentioned. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is brought to you by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity. Please consider donating to them at sctraumatreatment.org. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have our own YouTube channel. We're on all the podcast outlets. Spotify, too. That, too. Please like and share and give us any feedback, any comments, and also please join us again next time. Thank you and take care. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.